Welcome to the Ethical Growth Marketing Podcast, brought to you by growthanimals.com. Hi, I'm Jen, Marketing Director at Growth Animals. Uh, Welcome to this podcast, which is one of my favourites, actually. It is an interview with the very, very inspiring Birgit Guns, who is the founder of Franconia Bakery, which has been around, around for a long, long time, but experienced the trials and tribulations that everybody did in 2020. But what we wanted to share was Birgit's uh, amazing resilience and determination that she showed last year. So um, take a listen, see what you think, and I'm sure she'll offer you some inspiration next time that you are faced with uh, your own business challenges. Well, my name is Birgit Guns. I'm the owner and founder of Franconia Bakery. Um, Franconia is an artisan bakery making lots of wonderful sourdoughs, cakes and pastries. And pre-COVID, we were only selling directly to professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so chefs and catering companies, whereas now we have um, also got uh, the wider public um, as a clientele. So what was your professional background before that you were in the world of bakeries? My professional background when I was a lot younger was I worked in the financial markets for 11 years um, in, in London as an inter-dealer broker, um, which I then found it was it was fun and um, great for a certain time, but I did get bored and felt I needed to do something mm-hmm. of my own. So I left my job in the city to set up the bakery. And why a bakery? I am extremely passionate um, about baking. I love bread. I love cake. I love making it all. I grew up in Germany uh, where... Uh, bread was very, very different back in the mid-80s when I first arrived in this country. And I always thought I would love to start making um, European-style breads and sourdoughs and um, bring them to the people of this country, really. Mm. And, um, you know, I'd always had that little um, uh, fancy, let's say, um, to have my own bakery. Great. Okay. So how did your business begin? It first started as a small bakery and a retail shop um, in Bumbledon Village in southwest London, where I had basically one on a high street and the shop was at the front and a very, very small bakery was at the back. And um, they were our humble beginnings. Um, I... um, uh, had a German baker working for me and a French pastry chef and together we made all sorts of wonderful things and uh, yeah we did that for four years the business started in 1998 so we um, uh, were on that high street for four years mm-hmm. and why the transition away from that well with bread obviously uh, you know having a shop is one thing but i was just very keen on setting up um a good successful business and um with shops that is 
very, very difficult if you just have the one shop. Mm -hmm. um, with bread, bread is a very low cost item. So you need to sell a lot of it mm -hmm. to make a decent amount of money. Mm -hmm. And um, the way, well, the way to achieve this would have been to either have 10 shops or to go and move into wholesale and supply, you know, supply all the chefs and the catering companies. Mm -hmm. um, we were based in London, so London's obviously full of wonderful hotels mm -hmm. and catering companies and restaurants and clubs. And um, it seemed to be a wise choice to, at the time, to, you know, to go move into wholesale. Mm -hmm. um, also, I thought at the time it would be a lot easier than having 10 shops because mm -hmm. with 10 shops, you can only be in one place at the same time. It, it's very, very difficult to control when you have 10 different locations. At least that was my thinking at the time. So I thought it would be a lot easier and a lot uh, less stressful, um, famous last words mm -hmm. that was, um, to just, you know, operate from one unit mm -hmm. and be able to control it a little bit easier. Okay. So thinking about the time pre-COVID, how did your business evolve from 98 when you had the shop to four years later when you started to do the wholesale? How did things grow? Well, um, I, in the beginning, went out a lot and sold our bread to five-star hotels and all the gentlemen clubs in London. Mm -hmm. um, so slowly but surely, I grew... Uh, the wholesale side of things. I then did sell the shop, actually. I had both to begin with, but I felt that I really could not focus on the shop any longer. Mm -hmm. What I'd done was like setting up a new business all over again. It didn't seem to be that at the time, but in hindsight, it actually was. And we needed to grow very quickly. So I, at that time, so I had to go and smile and dial, as I call it. That's an old city expression. <laughs> And, um, and, you know, and get new, new business. And I rang the chefs. I um, asked whether I could come in to show them our bread and uh, introduce them to our products. And um, I usually, you know, I was, but yeah, I, I, I was just on the road selling, selling our products. Mm -hmm. And then slowly but surely, it started to evolve. And I did grow it quite organically. Okay. I didn't let it mushroom too much because... At the time, you know, it was actually quite hard to find good bakers. This was, we're going back 20 years, so um, the internet was not what it is today. And um, to find good bakers, um, the, uh, the tools that I had available were not as good as they mm -hmm. are today. Mm -hmm. And then once you, if you just hire just about anybody... Uh, that comes your way if they haven't got the skill or the right ethos mm -hmm. then it, you will inevitably have you know compromise on your product and that is not something that I was ever prepared to do mm. so we took things slowly step by step and um, you know had a lot of by word of mouth um, stuff happening as well where chefs you know recommended us to another chef or to a friend of theirs so it evolved over, yeah, over the best part of 20 years into quite a wonderful company yeah. um, that I was very proud of uh, yeah. pre-COVID. Yeah. So describe your business situation pre-COVID, pre the lockdown. How were you feeling about business then? 
I was feeling very up and uh, very positive. Uh, we uh, had some amazing new business lined up um, that was about to launch. Uh, so we had more growth coming. Um, I had restructured the bakery a little bit in terms of staff and teams and how we were doing things. I had uh, restructured our distribution a little bit, which made us more efficient and it was going to be cheaper to run. So I had invested also in um, um, an amazing bread slicer, which because we do do amongst all of our sourdoughs also a lot of sandwich bread, which was for all the lovely hotels in mm -hmm. uh, central London for afternoon tea to speed up the process. So I had basically made us a lot slicker yeah. uh, in everything that we did. And um, yeah, things were looking very good. Until... You, Until uh, it yes. went pear-shaped. And what was your thought process when you knew that everybody was cancelling their orders? Well, do you know, it all happened really fast. So there is not really, there wasn't that much time to, to dive into and to digest it properly. Because, you know, when you hit with something from one minute to the next, how much time is there to think? You've just got to act. Mm -hmm. And then I tend to act on my gut feeling. So uh, with us, it's all, when I look back now, it's all a bit of a blur. But um, with us, um, it happened very fast. Mm -hmm. It was the week before lockdown that things really started to hit, mm. where things, first it was was getting quieter and a bit quieter, but, um, you know, orders just diminished and mm. everybody was just, I think, in a state of shock, mm. uh, including our customers. And um, we, at that point, uh, you know, there was chaos in the supermarkets, which was just unbelievable, really total carnage and um i had a bakery there you couldn't buy bread in supermarkets i had a bakery sitting there with yeah. lots of staff and i thought well i can make bread i can yeah. make lots of bread and i can make better bread than what the supermarkets are yeah. selling so i thought you know i need to reach i really need to reach um the public yeah and this is something that just happened overnight the chefs were gone and I thought, well, what do I do now? And I, I just thought, I have to reach the public. I have mm. a great product. Um, it's something that people eat every day. Uh, so I just need to find an outlet. Now, um, the bakery is on an industrial estate, which obviously isn't the best place for a shop. Uh, but we are in a residential area. And I thought, well, this could work. Why don't we just have a shop here in our loading bay at the bakery? Yeah. And that wasn't going to be too difficult to set up. And um, I've just literally decided uh, the week before lockdown, it was Wednesday, um, that, that that is what we're going to do. And I went and moved like lightning and had we have a printer on our estate. And um, we designed a very basic leaflet, had it printed. Um, this all happened on Thursday. Um, had it printed and then... Thursday night, I had my I literally uh, submitted the, the leaflet design and picked up the leaflets all on the same day. Brilliant. And uh, my drivers went out leafleting that night yeah. uh, in the immediate area. I gave everybody, I printed everybody a map 
and um, you know highlighted where they were to go. So I had uh, three guys hitting different areas in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. leafletting, and we actually opened our shop on the Friday. Amazing. <laughs> Blimey. And, you know, so it, it, and then lockdown came on Monday. Yeah. So luckily I had the shop in place at that point. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Just in the nick of time then. Well, yeah. So it was, wow. um, was, it was, was quite incredible really. Wow. Um, and obviously people were locked down. Yeah. So they couldn't venture out as such unless it was to buy food. So they went on their walks and did whatever and did loads of exercise but uh, you know it was obviously a nice little outing to come to the bakery yeah. and to buy yourself some treats nice you know no croissant will ever taste better after a five mile run <laughs> <laughs> true so where did you get your determination from like where did it come from i think it's in my dna i think i can um thank my father for that really he was quite an iron man and um, nothing would ever blow him over. And, uh, you know, that total determination of not giving up yeah. and not being frightened of a challenge and taking the bull by its horns and dealing with it, that is just, I think I've inherited that from him. It's his birthday today. Is it? Yeah. Ah, or would be. Would be. He yeah. would have been very proud then of you taking taking the bull by the horns and yes absolutely making, making a go of it all so i was going to ask you next how your business adapted to the changing market conditions but you kind of already answered that but is there anything else that you did that you had to change uh, well yes i mean obviously my pivot was to jump into retail yeah uh, because i just took a view that it would take a long, long time. And I took this view quite early on. I think it was May, probably, May of this year, that um, hospitality mm-hmm. wasn't coming back the way we once knew it for quite some time. So I thought retail really is the only way forward. So I looked, obviously, we're going through very troubled waters um, and have done you know, for mm-hmm. most of the year. So I've been looking for opportunities of how I could be exposed to retail without having a big downside. Mm-hmm. And um, so one of my, you know, one of my projects was to um, open a kiosk in the summer on Hastings Pier. Yeah. Um, this is just something that I heard about through friends. And um, I thought, yeah, that sounds like a fun idea. And I'm sure we could set up a kiosk selling, you know, bread, cakes, coffee. And we did that for 10 weeks. And we obviously the weather was very nice. So um, we um, we had a great time. Yeah. And I found a wonderful local couple that were furloughed. Yeah. Who, and they were with a catering background. And uh, they, they run the kiosk for me. And it was fantastic. And the local people in Hastings took to our bread and our cakes very well. Yeah. Is there a lot of foodies in, in Hastings? Uh, massively, oh, yes, brilliant. massively. Uh, Hastings and St. Leonard's is full of oh, foodies okay. and, uh, uh, you know, appreciative people and also quite lovely. Yeah. Uh, very, very lovely people. And, um, I mean, yeah, that, that, so that was one thing. But then also I've uh, had the opportunity to set up a concession at a farm shop mm-hmm. on the A21 in her screen. 
which is the A21 is the main road from the N25 to Hastings. Yeah. Uh, so I had yet again more exposure to retail. Yeah. Um, I found out, found some other local farm shops that were very happy to stock out products. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I was basically spent the summer working on our retail exposure right. because I had a funny feeling that we might be heading into another lockdown come the winter. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay. you know, it needs to be going forward it needs to be both. It needs to mm. be wholesale and mm. retail in order to make us bulletproof for yeah. the future. Yeah, because you've talked about balance before, haven't you? So that yes. you're not over-reliant on one or the other. You kind of yes. have both in your armoury. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so how did your approach to marketing change? Well, before COVID, we were business to business and we were very much a niche. So there wasn't really much marketing going on. And now with um, obviously selling to uh, the public, uh, this has all changed overnight. And I, um, I did, a f- you know, we, we started to print leaflets. We had flyers. Um, we also, what I may, forgot to mention earlier, we also set up an online shop yeah. for, our, uh, local, for our local area which I'm about to take that nationwide Mm -hmm. um, with a slightly different concept. um, But yeah, so that's about to happen. But uh, yeah, so we have also um, uh, hired a PR agent who is greatly uh, helping me um, with any marketing or any exposure to to the public um, because all of a sudden I felt we have to make noise. Um, it's not really something I like doing as such, making a lot of noise. Um, and I always hated that sort of thing in the past. So it suited me just fine yeah. being in my little uh, community of chefs. Yeah. Uh, but obviously this has now changed yeah. and I'm going to have to come out. Yeah, you are. <laughs> as but as long as you do it in a way that feels nice and natural to you, then actually it isn't as cringe as you might think it is. It's not hard selling. It's just letting people know that your beautiful products are there for when yeah. they want them, isn't it? So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all natural. And then also social media. Were you on social media prior to lockdown? Yes, we were. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, I've got my own social media account, um, which is the underscore bread queen. Yeah. And then we have a social media account for the bakery. And um, we've actually also got another social media account for Franconia Hastings. Okay. Uh, because I tried to, you know, it's obviously a different following. Mm. You know, I was aiming at local people yeah. in Hastings with yeah. that. So, um, it, yeah, so I kept that separate from the main bakery account. Yeah. But we did, we also have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, which we beca- we've become a, a lot more active on social media yeah since all of this has started to happen okay so what parts of the business were you absolutely determined wouldn't change with the pivot you made during lockdown our ethos and our core beliefs have not changed and that will never change Uh, we don't take shortcuts Uh, we do things properly to me customer service is everything um apart from of course having outstanding quality uh, and uh, we're still producing things uh, bread and cakes the way we were before that has not changed and we're not trying to speed it up we are what we are that we can't change 
and um, so I would not be prepared. And we have got a very uh, great reputation for reliability and service. And uh, you know, our ethos is to care, you know, care for our customers and care for care about what we do. Yeah. And that is just not up for discussion. I'm afraid that's always going to happen. That's perfect. Same. That's perfect. Um, so if you had to make that transition, that pivot again, would you do anything differently? Um, not really. We, at the beginning, there was one thing I wouldn't do again. Um, at the beginning, because through various uh, connections that I have in the hospitality world, we started to supply... Um, some supermarkets, not big supermarkets, they were just smaller supermarkets. So it's a whole chain, they're nationwide, and they buy bread locally. Uh, so maybe in a 50 or 100 mile radius. And via one of my connections, I started supplying 50 of their stores because obviously they they didn't, uh, supermarkets couldn't get hold of enough bread at the time. And um, as their supply has loosened up again, and this happened very quickly from when we started, um, we didn't supply 50 anymore. We only supplied 25. And then it didn't, it wasn't 25. It was like 12. At that point, I actually threw them out. Mm. And I said, you know, it's costing me to do this. Um, you're really not paying me enough for my product. Um, you don't really appreciate what you're getting mm -hmm. from me either. And for me to do, had it stayed at 50, perhaps it was a different thing, mm. but it didn't stay at 50. So uh, I thought, you know what, um, today and hindsight is always a beautiful thing. Yeah. Looking back at that, that has actually cost me money to do Yeah. Uh, because there wasn't enough of it. Yeah. So that's one thing I wouldn't do again. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm very happy with what I've done. Yeah. And I would do exactly the same things again. Great. Great God, what an exciting year for you. Have you got any sleep? Yes. Um, I got some sleep, but I've not really had a lot of time off, no, if any. No. I've been slightly envious of all the people on furlough. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are the key lessons you've learned um, from the process of needing to adapt? I think you've really got, you can't ever take anything for granted. I think, if anything, you always need to set your business up in a way that you could be hit by an avalanche yeah. any minute and you would survive it. So you're future You can't ever word. be complacent. Yeah, you yeah. really need to have yourself in a lean, trim sort of way where you are, you know, where there are no excesses anywhere in terms of cost. You have to... Um, you literally have to have plan B up your sleeve. Mm -hmm. I, I I think you know where you just so you can act very very fast. Yeah. Um, that to me is the most important thing. And yeah. I mean, we were lucky because bread is a staple. Um, I'd like to think what it would be like if we or would have been like if we were making luxury items that yeah. people don't buy every day. No. But in 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 general, I think you need to have. Uh, you cannot be complacent. You really need to stay alert and you need to have a way out and be ready to pivot 
yeah. such as somewhere, yeah. um, just in case, yeah. you know, the world falls apart around yeah. you. Yeah, okay, good advice. Um, but how are you feeling about your business now? Well, I'm feeling strangely positive. I'm, uh, I can't say I'm less stressed because I'm exhausted and I am, I suppose, stressed. There's yeah. so many balls I'm chuckling in the air. But that old hamster wheel that I was on yeah. no longer is turning. And I have literally been pushed off that hamster wheel yeah. when we went into lockdown. And I have absolutely no intention of ever going back on that hamster wheel. Um, it doesn't mean I, I'm not working hard. I'm yeah. working very hard. But um, it, it, it's just I feel a lot happier. I'm excited yeah. Because I am now adding this whole retail side to, to my business. Yeah. Which I am happiest when I'm creating. Yeah. So whether this is creating a cake, a bread, or a new yeah. shop, or a market stall, or I don't know, it's just something new. And, you know, it's you sort of stamping it from the ground out of nowhere. And, and, and that, to me, makes me very happy. This is what I'm good at, and this is what gets me excited. Yeah. And uh, I don't get excited looking at spreadsheets. I'm no. sorry. It just doesn't do it for me. So, I mean, I have to do that, too, sometimes, but yeah. I try and limit that. And, therefore, now all of us... And this is, this is why I made a point of this earlier when I thought, oh, God, 10 shops. Do I really want 10 shops? What a load of hassle. And um, I've changed my stance on this. Mm -hmm. And I've now decided to do both. I will continue to service our wholesale clients, yeah. of course. I have got the most amazing customer list, so which I'm very, very proud of. And at the same time, I am now going to start shops. Yeah. And I've sort of identified geographical areas of where this should be. Yeah. And I'm very, very excited. So maybe not 10, but maybe five shops yeah. in, you know, on the medium term. And um, yeah, this, 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 so yeah, that, that's where I'm feeling very excited that's about very it. Very excited. It's very happy. Ah. It, feel, it feels good. Yeah. Which I think is the important thing. I go by gut feeling yeah. quite a lot. So if something feels good, yeah. then it's worth doing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, God, your story is brilliant and a happy ending or a happy new beginning for you because. Yeah. It could have gone completely the other way and well done to you for having that tenacity to to do do a your do an impression of your father and not let it all fall around apart um fall apart around you. So Yeah, credit absolutely. To you. Credit the to iron you. the iron man. Yeah, really, he really man. was. You can be the iron woman, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Something like that maybe something. But uh, yeah, so that's 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 really it is it all in a nutshell, I suppose. Yeah. I, I could talk about it forever, all the different things, you know. It, it, it is very challenging because the landscape keeps changing yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah. And, you know, you are um, you're working something out and you're making a plan and you're going, you said, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And then the situation with the virus has changed again. Um, the government come out with new stuff. And I'm like, oh, I can't quite do that like yeah. that then. Or what I did just now, when it worked very well, now yeah. no longer is going to work yeah. well because of what they've just done. Mm. So it's loads of little, it, it's, it's, 
a little bit like a cat balancing on something, mm. you know, you're wiggling around mm. because you can't just go, okay, now I'm doing this instead of that and that's going to be great. It doesn't happen like that. Mm-hmm. Every week is is new mm. and every week is different and you've just got to be quick on your feet. Well, which goes back to your advice that you were saying about, you know, you learned that you can't take anything for granted, you have to be agile, keep things lean in order to act as soon as something changes but it feels like at the moment things are changing every single day doesn't it well they certainly are Mm. Uh, i mean what um you know what helps me is i keep my eyes very fixed on my goal and i do not look left or right i mean it's i'm not black and it's not a black and white thing it's but you have to keep your eyes really fixed on your target And don't look down. No. Because if you're looking at your feet, you will see all the stumbling blocks. So you can't, you know, and you'll never get, you'll never go anywhere then. Uh, because you'll get muddled with all of that. Yeah. You've just got to really almost walk over things and not being aware what exactly it is you're walking over just yeah. now. But, you know, you're balancing over them and yeah. then firmly, firmly have that mountain peak in yeah. your on your horizon and yeah. don't take the eyes off it no i'm reading this book at the moment actually this, oh the source the source it's so good so so i've good. seen i've seen it round. i haven't read yeah, it yeah it's exactly that it's it's being focused on your goal and it's all it's actually about brain science and how the neuro pathways in your brain you can develop them to 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 act in a way and make decisions in a way that gets you to your end goal um so i've i've just uh, got myself a bit of um cardboard and some glue and i'm doing myself an action board so that's fantastic yeah yeah and it's all about for us like you having a flourishing business really caring about our customers etc and and it's um it feels really good to have that rather than working for someone else it's kind of yeah of course yeah yeah, it's really. It's I really can great. well imagine. Yeah. Absolutely. You can also what what I have done in the past is you can draw things. Okay. I mean, I can't draw very well. I mean, I can't draw to save my life, really. Yeah. But um, many, many, many years ago, um, in fact, it was in two thousand two. I remember I had just moved house. I was out with some friends. And we all piled back to my new flat and uh, we continued to drink. And um, after they all left, I thought, I'm going to draw a vision of the bakery. And um, with a little bit of alcohol in the blood, I could actually draw, sort of. (laughs) And um, I, uh, yeah, and I drew the bakery. And I had absolutely no idea i mean i we were in the premises where we are at today but the stuff that i drew into this picture all happened and on top i did one of these old papyrus rolls you know sort of an old-fashioned sort of way to roll paper and i had sort of drawn it rolled out and i wrote all of the customers on there that i wanted to supply (sighs) and slowly but surely they came all in absolutely everybody on that list is on my customer list today oh my god so it it didn't happen overnight it happened over many years but it's eventually uh yeah i i it's incredible how it all happened and the person that gave me that advice many years ago 
recently said to me um, when I when I said I think I'm going to open a shop, um, like a proper shop, not just little pop up or whatever you know, or a kiosk or anything. I, I want to have a proper shop, and she said, "Well, why don't you draw it?" So I have drawn it. And, um, you know, with people coming out with full carrier bags yes. of bread and, and things. And it was a very particular, very, very particular um, sort of shop front that yeah. I drew. Yeah. And I have just found a shop that looks just like it. So Incredible. I'm trying to get my hands on it. So when you speak to whoever's doing your logo, you can yes. give that to them and they can design your logo with that in mind can't they yes absolutely yes so absolutely oh well i love that i think that's a really amazing thing to do and i'm going to write a customer list myself i think <laughs> i think you should absolutely you should so. and don't hold back no because anything's possible oh, amazing and oh, i just God. dispatch i've just dispatched it you know it's like dispatching it into the universe yeah. or something and yeah. they're not not thought about it now um I actually also manifested my husband that way. Okay. I um yeah, that is um this was again, this was a different friend who told me this. Um she said to me, um, you should really write down what you want your ideal man to be like. And a friend of mine's done it, she said, and it worked. She got everything. And then I did it and she got and I got everything. So it wasn't long before my 40th birthday that I sat down and wrote that list. And it was a very long list. And uh, I thought of all the things that were important to me. Do you know, perhaps when you're younger, you make a very short list and maybe in your mind and, uh, you know, good looking, rich, whatever, you know, goes on most girls' lists. But um, they actually, those didn't even feature on mine. My list was full of inner values on yeah. the fact that um, we, um, that I want, you know, you need to share things. Yeah. Not necessarily everything, but you need to want the same lifestyle. Yeah. You may, might want to do, spend your spare time in a certain way or have share interests. Otherwise, if you have no common yeah. ground. Anyway, I, I, I wrote a really long list. And sort of dispatched it off into the universe, shoved it in a drawer and forgot about it. Then fast forward about three and a half years at home, I was looking for something uh, and uh, went into this very special drawer where I have a lot of special things and uh, I found this list. And I uh, completely forgotten that I'd done it Meanwhile, and then I thought, I mean, now I, I, there was this new man in my life and had been in my life for, you know, 15 months at that point. And I always thought immediately, after, not long after I'd met him, he's the one. That man is amazing. I'm sure I'm going to marry him. But as I said, I'd forgotten about my list. So there is this day I'm, I'm taking it out and I'm looking at it and I'm liking, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's everything on this list. This is incredible. And he really is everything that was on that list. Yeah. I never told him. I never showed it to him. And we, we got married two years ago. And then I read it to him on our wedding day. Oh, my God. That is such a lovely story. Oh, oh you know, So you have, you know, if you're not married, write yourself a list. Well, my 20s, I had a lot of fun. 
in my 30s, I was extremely busy working. Mm. So I was lucky that I met, I suppose, my husband in my early 40s. I'm now, mm. you know, I'm now 53. Um, so we've been together 11 years. And, uh, you know, I personally, I think he was worth the wait. And I look at him every day and think I've hit the jackpot. Yeah. Oh, my so, God, I love um, that. All because of my list. I'm convinced it was because of my list. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that word manifestation is in the source all the way through it about mm. manifesting your own mm. destiny. Um, mm. I think that's so powerful and kind of reassuring that you don't have to leave things up to fate. You can have, yeah. a, you aren't passive, are you? You can make choices yes. to, to get yes. to, where, to where you want to be. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I am. Um, so. I've learned so much from you. Thank you oh, so no, much. Oh no, I'm sure it's you know. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for telling me all Not about your story. That's amazing. Um, Not at all. You're very welcome. Thank I you. hope I can. Um, you know, it can help some people yeah. out there. Really. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ethical Growth Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Growth Animals. Leave us a review and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Head over to growthanimals.com if you're ready to kickstart your ethical business growth.